0: Today, on the first-ever Saturday edition of the Travel Guys. In the travel
1: news, Spirit has a sale, Delta is hiring flight attendants, and Qantas sells tickets on flights after they've been canceled. Breaking news from Hyatt, bogus fees are now included in Hyatt room rates. Those stories, next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we'll tell you about the latest on the street tourism scams and how to avoid them. At 3.35, we're joined by our international expert, Clayton Whitehead. Clayton shares his highlights of his recent trip to Scotland and gives you some wisdom you can use if you're about to leave the country. And
0: finally, in our odds and ends uh, basket at 3.55, we take on a question Chris Elliott asked in a Travelers United article. Why aren't the fines paid by airlines
1: given directly to the customers that they impact? After 14 plus years on Sunday afternoon, the Travel Guys debut on Saturday morning. Thanks for your time and joining us on our new day. On the road again. I've been everywhere, man. From New York to Vegas.
0: Seattle. Get your kicks. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the very first Saturday edition here at 11 a.m. of the uh, Travel and Entertainment Guys. I'm Tom Romano. Uh, right over there is Mark Hoffman, and we're so glad to uh, to be here. Thanks for uh, coming along. If you're a, a new listener, we hope that we have lots of information that you'll enjoy and make you a smarter traveler. Mark, good to see you this morning. I'll uh, have to have to get used to a. A couple of things like good mornings for our show and uh-huh. and the Saturday thing, um, but I think this is going to be great.
1: Yep, I um, I'm happy. My Sunday afternoons have been freed up. My Saturday mornings are lost, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't think doing our radio show is a is a complete loss. To no, oh, no. Please, speaking so. of
1: speaking of losses, before we go on with the radio show here, I am a a huge devotee i take people to key west every single year and one of the coolest parts about going down to key west is the vibe in key west and that vibe by and large uh can be attributed to one man and he has passed away yesterday at the age of 76 jimmy buffett we lost so that's that's just a that man is responsible for a whole style of music and uh just i i i can't think of i can't imagine any other person that people would say wow man what a bummer jimmy buffett's gone so,
0: yeah you know jimmy buffett here again he kind of crossed a lot of uh, musical uh uh boundaries uh, by being a uh, country country rock pop uh you know margaritaville has become a brand uh hotels uh restaurants uh the the likes and uh you know he does he represents a, a vibe that has permeated uh, not only the the islands and Florida, but but to people's lifestyles. I mean, you can't have a margarita or a shaker of salt uh, or any of that stuff without no. uh, thinking of a J. And, and that
1: and that stuff will will live on long past him. Here is a great uh, uh, line from the Washington Post article about his passing today: an incurable storyteller who populated his songs with tales of beach bums drug smugglers and pirates he also wrote best selling books and was known as a, a as a man with incredible business acumen he he as you said he built all kinds of a business empire but yet he never lost his fans he 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 went up the chart money wise and stuff like that but the people who followed him and you go down there to key west i will tell you that there are all kinds of people that i interact with when i go down there many of them his age, and some of them were starting to lose, unfortunately, but um, who all, I mean, Buffett around town, he uh, used to hang out there in the bars and uh, just, you know, really was a big part of all of of what Key West has become. So I, I really can't think of any single person who has had more influence on the vibe of a particular destination than Jimmy Buffett did in uh In Key West. So we will miss him for certain.
0: Absolutely. All right. Uh, For those of you who are joining us for the first time here on a new Saturday edition of the Travel Guys, one of the things we always do at the top of each and every Travel Guys radio program is to bring you up to date in the travel news. And with today's travel news, as always, here's Mark.
1: Well, let's see. A couple things from the headlines here. Spirit has a $45 sale on Autumn Travel. From September 9th to November 8th, you have to buy your ticket by September the 5th, and you cannot fly on Friday or Sunday. And, of course, remember, Spirit is one of those ultra-low-cost carriers where you pay the low fare, and then you pay for everything else. So uh, $45 might not be your final fare. But nonetheless, Spirit is having a sale if you are a fan of that airline. Delta is hosting flight attendant sessions. If you've ever wanted to be a flight attendant, Delta Mm -hmm. is hosting flight attendant sessions. Unfortunately, they're across the country in Orlando. But if you want to become a Delta flight attendant, they are looking for people to go to their flight attendant school and join their team, here is something kind of interesting, another little airline note. Uh, Qantas has gotten in trouble with the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Um, it has launched an action alleging that, alleging that Qantas has, uh, they're accusing the airline of selling tickets on flights they had already canceled. Uh, more than 8,000 of them for an average of up to 47 what? days after they canceled the flight. So I don't yeah I don't know if it was a, a computer glitch or what it was but an awful lot of people have bought uh last, this was in 2022 bought Qantas tickets um, on flights that had already been cancelled it will be interesting to see how they explain that you hmm. sold tickets to people on a flight you'd already decided to not to offer uh, not, not to operate the regulator is seeking some pretty sizable penalties let 's see here it just says massive penalties, and it doesn 't say how much so we'll we'll keep an eye on that for you um Hyatt now has perhaps uh, maybe they will be the first to fall in line here. Hyatt is displaying rates on the first page inclusive of resort fees. This is something that has not happened because most. Hotels are into the drip pricing thing. Here's the room rate. And, oh, by the way, at the last minute, here's the resort fee, destination fee, amenity fee, whatever it is um, that they've added on to the price of the room that they didn't tell you about. Hyatt says, so if you're a Hyatt person, go online to Hyatt.com and find out if this is true. Uh, Because we've got some illustrations here. I went online and took a couple of shots at it myself. And it looks like that Hyatt is actually telling you um now let's be fair it's in very light print on the page um it's not quite it's not quite at the uh at, at the brightness of uh, all of the other charges on the page but at least it's there so a step in the right direction maybe our our uh Maybe Chris Elliott and some of those folks who have been the president, some of those folks who have been bugging folks about if we could get one hotel chain to fall in line, it Mm -hmm. might pressure the rest of them to start behaving. So that would be perhaps a possibility. American Airlines has been hit with the largest ever tarmac delay fine, $4.1 million. Of course, they only have to pay half of that if they promise never to do it again. But they left a bunch of people on the tarmac um, for 43 flights. Um, they're supposed to fly, provide food and water, let you off within three hours. American didn't do that; disregarded the rules, so they have been fined. We're going to talk about this at the at the end of the program um, because Chris Elliott, our our buddy, has come up with an interesting uh, theory about this. But nonetheless, it seems kind of weird that every time these guys are are fined, they only pay half of it, and the other half is forgiven. Um, if they didn't do something that was worth forgiving, I'm not sure why we're we're going to all that trouble. And not to mention the fact that these amounts of money don't really amount to much to the airlines. It's the bad publicity that hurts them more than the actual fine itself. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Here's a word from Hawaii. The Royal Lahaina is a hotel that's been on the Kaanapali coast for many, 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 many years. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this radio program have stayed there. And the Royal Lahaina was – the reason I mention it is it's kind of known as the local hotel It was the first hotel to open its doors to local residents. They have about 300 residents and about 80 staff staying at the hotel. So if you're looking for a room at the Royal Line, it might be a little while before you can get one because some folks are using the hotel property to to recover in Hawaii. I wonder how long it's going to be before they're able to begin some construction there and rebuild some of those homes.
0: You know, last night on the uh, on the late night news, uh, in fact, I meant to uh, I took a picture of it and send it to you. You probably heard about it uh, that uh, uh, in Maui, uh, they're inviting people back.
1: Yes. Yes. I saw that, you know, because uh, only
0: five square miles of the island actually burnt. Right. And there are many other square miles available. And so uh, in, in the process of trying to recover the millions of dollars a day that they're losing uh they're saying hey you know what uh come on over uh obviously some of the areas that you used to love is gone uh but we have a lot of uh, other places here on the islands to uh to offer so don't don't now don't cancel your flight uh now uh come on over so and that's coming directly from uh from maui so
1: well, there and there, and 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 make sure you check if you have a reservation. Make sure that you you know we're we're, we're big here on on homework, so yeah, make sure yeah. you do a little bit of homework. And if you're going over there specifically to do something, be aware of the fact that many of the attractions that were headquartered mm-hmm. in Lahaina, um, you know some of the some of the water attractions and stuff like that, the boats burned up, so yeah. some of those things don't exist. Uh slowly, I suspect they will come back, one at a time. And the town will come back, and maybe that will be kind of an exciting time for, I hope, for the people over in Hawaii. Um, That was a wonderful, historic old town, but perhaps they can rebuild it in a way that allows them to keep some of that historical flavor and update to a little bit more modern fire codes and stuff like that so that they'll be a little safer in the future. There you go. All right, let's see here. One more story here quickly. We've talked a lot about it on this program about – Tourists causing damage, particularly overseas in Europe. Italy will have 24-hour arm, armed guards put in place after German tourists caused $10,000 in vandalism at a historic landmark in Florence, authorities say. A uh, 400-year-old historic landmark was damaged. Um, they are going to put 20. They, they German tourists spray-painted the stuff. So we, we've talked about. Um, You know, people carving into historic walls and stuff like that. Um, This was two young tourists, 20 and 21, uh, who have been arrested. They were traveling to Italy in a party of 11 students. Yeah, well, what you have to do here is you can't just let these people off with a slap on the wrist. You know, if these are are, are, are 20 and 21-year-olds, these are adults, so they should have known better. So there has to be some repercussion that convinced the next person not to do it. So that, that's really what it comes down to here. And I, I think that the Italians sound like they're getting pretty pretty upset about this. Um as you as you read these articles, the the, the quotes are becoming stronger and stronger. They're really not very happy. So um I, I suspect that somebody is going at some point is going to pay the price. Anyway, the Italians are guarding the landmarks and that's your travel news for today.
0: And we are the Travel Guys here on our New Time Saturdays uh every Saturday at 11. Don't forget visit our website travelguysradio.com links to our special guests and information to make you a smarter traveler is available there all the time. Uh all right, special thanks to uh the staff there at KFBK for providing with this providing us with our favorite and most competent producer Caitlin Brock running the controls uh here again today. Yay for Caitlin. Anyway, okay, Mark, uh let's talk about the latest in tourist street tourist scams. And some of these are pretty interesting. A lot of them people have uh have heard about or thought about before, sure. but there's a few that may catch you by surprise.
1: Yeah, there are um you know, there's the old games of chance which have been around forever. You know, you're walking down the street and somebody's got a Three card money game or a shell game or something like that, and it catches your attention and All I can say to you about that is you best keep walking um you're you're not ever going to come out on top of one of those things. Uh, you might beat the game and lose your wallet uh, so just <laughs> th- th- that's that's something another one that's 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 an old one but is still around, especially in Europe is the gift scam scammer walks up and tries to give you a bracelet or a ring or a flower. Or some kind of small gift and then pressures you to pay for it. Um, so if someone offers you something for free, especially in a tourist area, just say no thank you. Um, and then you're, you've eliminated yourself. Um, of course, you, you've got uh, ATMs and things like that. Obviously, there are security issues. Uh, there are taxi cabs. If you're, and this doesn't matter what country you're in. I remember this years ago happened to me in New York City. Uh, you get into a taxi cab. Oh, my goodness, the meter is broken. So now we'll have to. I guess we'll just have to estimate the fare. Well, the best thing that you can do in that situation is just get out of the cab uh, because, or call an Uber or a Lyft, so that you don't have that. So you're not dealing with a meter. But if you get into a situation where the meter is broke is quote broken, that's something that you really don't want to deal with. Here's something that's coming up, uh, Tom. That's a fairly new scam. Well, I'm sure it's not a new scam, but uh, a popular scam brought back. It's called moving the decimal point. So you make, you, you make a charge, and uh, the charge is $2. And when the charge comes through on your bill, it's suddenly become $20 or $200 because the person moved the decimal point and yeah. put a couple more zeros on there. So this has become real popular. People don't look at their credit card receipts that closely. So it's real easy for somebody, and even if you did, you might not notice that somebody had quickly moved that that zero. Or the other thing is, um, now your your credit card bill comes, and it's a major hassle to get that charge reversed. And, you know, you might owe for part of it, but not for all of it. And so pay attention to your credit card receipts is the deal there. Um, Here's another uh, one. You're walking down the street and uh you pass some some people and somebody says uh hey sir you dropped your wallet and so immediately you you know reach for your wallet but you didn't drop your wallet it's right there in the pocket that you normally keep it in except that now a whole bunch of people know exactly where your wallet is so that kid calls the kid down the street on his cell phone and says hey you know the guy in the blue blazer that's coming down the street there with the gray pants and the white shoes he's uh His wallet's in his front pocket or his wallet's in his back pocket. And so they can create a diversion or something like that that may make you vulnerable to becoming a victim. So be careful when people ask you where your wallet might be because that is a sign that, um, you know, if they're referring to your wallet... Then that's that's a sign that you may be uh, that you may be a potential victim. Have you ever been pickpocketed or anything, Tom? You know,
0: I, I was just about to ask you the same question. Have you ever been uh, scammed or pickpocketed in those situations? I have not, uh, and uh, and uh, you know, I'm a front pocket wallet kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly, not so much because I'm concerned about uh, somebody pickpocketing, but a lot of times in trousers and so forth and sitting and getting up, the odds of, uh, of a wallet sneaking out of a back pocket is a lot greater than it is sneaking out of a front pocket. Uh, I also believe that um, pickpocketing a front pocket uh, is going to be a lot harder as well, but Fortunately, I have not been a, uh, a victim of uh, any kind of a pickpocket situation. How about you, Mark, uh, with all your travels?
1: No, I haven't. I, I, I've I've had, um, had things stolen out of my vehicle at a rest stop once. Had my, all of my luggage went to Cape Cod one time and parked in a rest area and came back to find that. Uh, I went, literally went into the restroom, had, was with a couple of other people who were in a different vehicle, we went, came back, and it just so happened. when we came back from the rest, here, I was like, there was reference to something, and I said, "Well, that's in my suitcase." And we opened the trunk and the suitcase was gone. Um, and there was no sign that anybody we'd only been gone maybe 10 minutes. And there was they no, opened it,
0: they opened it, took your suitcase, and closed the trunk and, to and make cl- sure that you didn't even bother to look for it.: Yeah, exactly. had you not just by chance uh, opened and looked?
1: And even that I even when I did open and look, there wasn't a damn thing I could do. I was in a rest area with fifty people and had you know absolutely no idea. It wasn't somebody standing there saying, "Hey, I stole your suitcase." So uh, yeah, it, it, it's when you're in those vulnerable situations. And and I've I've had I had a suitcase stolen out of my uh, apartment parking lot at two forty five in the morning. I was going to the airport, took my bag almost to my car, and then thought, "Oh, I've forgotten something." ran back into the house which was uh, apartment which was 50 feet and came back outside and as I closed the door I heard this car speeding away and sure enough that car had my suitcase so um, it doesn't take very much to let your guard down when you're on the road and the people who are, are almost after, on the are almost on the road or almost on the road and the people who are after a piece of your action um, they're in many cases they're they're fairly professional at what they're doing and they, they know what they're doing they know what to look for And you don't have to give them a huge opening. As you said, um, I've carried my wallet in my front pocket for probably 35, 40 years, ever since I got into this business and somebody said, what in the hell are you carrying your wallet in your back pocket for? So, yeah, you're right. Some of the things are simple. Some of them are a little bit more complicated. But the best thing is when you're in an unfamiliar situation and you see something that, that piques your interest and it involves money or your wallet or something like that is just keep moving.
0: There you go. As we promised, it's time to go international. Uh, we talked uh, some weeks ago with Clayton Whitehead, uh, who is the Sports Leisure Vacation's uh, international tour guide, if you will. And uh, he's back from uh, a, a, a big trip, and we're going to talk about it and going to make you smarter about international travel, I hope. Mark?
1: Yeah, international travel is is definitely booming. As as was predicted this year, last year was the first post-COVID summer vacation period people basically stayed closer to home this year they went back out adventuring again international travel is up in in the double digits as are the costs of international travel up in the double digits um Clayton has just returned from a trip to Scotland he's got a trip to Greece coming up we're starting to plan for for next year so I thought with all these folks doing international travel um, what better than to have our international travel expert here not only to tell us a little about his trials and tribulations and how they worked out, but also give you some ideas for when you get out there on your own, some things you might want to avoid or some things that you might want to look forward to. Clayton, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thanks, Mark and
2: Tom. It's great to be back. It's nice to have you here on our first Saturday program.
1: So Yes, um, you
2: have bothered my beauty sleep this uh, morning, but that's okay. I'm not bitter. <laughs>
1: Um, You just returned from Scotland, took a bunch of sports leisure travelers off to Scotland, which is kind of a special place to you. You had some interesting situations come up along the way. Tell us a little bit about your adventure in Scotland.
2: Yes, uh, there was a group of 29 and myself who went. And Scotland is indeed very special to me. Uh, All the folks on my mother's side of the family were Scots and uh, came to the States uh, via North Carolina back in 1747. So I've had the opportunity to tour there quite a bit and explore my own roots and and my historic culture. It's just a fun country. I, I think I think especially for folks who might be considering international travel for the first time, going to some place like England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, um, even Wales. So they do talk kind of funny there but you have the advantage that you know everything's in english and also that's the beginning of the european continent so the flight is not quite as long i think it's just a good jumping off point and uh certainly if you have heritage which i think most of the world has either uh scott heritage irish heritage or a combination of the both uh well then you know it's it's just a good place to go in and connect with your roots
1: an excellent point about um a starting place for international travel, I've always suggested to folks that they consider some place where English is widely spoken. I've even told folks when they've said, uh, said, I haven't traveled internationally, I've said, have you been to Hawaii yet? <laughs> no. I said, then that would be a good place to start. That's, you know, agricultural inspections and different things that start to give you a flavor for what it's like to fly across an ocean and get off an airplane. So anyways, a little bit more about Scotland, perhaps. What,
2: were, well, what, was, your, what was your favorite spot? Oh, oh, my favorite spot. Well, I guess I have to say Edinburgh, the, the capital of Scotland, I think, is one of Europe's great, uncelebrated treasures. It's a fabulous city. Uh, extraordinary history, beauty, culinary, uh, the drink <laughs> Of course, uh, we did visit a pub, maybe one or two um, But just it, it's just an all round great city And a beautiful city to visit, especially this time of year um, In August every year, Edinburgh opens its doors to the world As the uh, host of the Edinburgh uh, Royal Military Tattoo The International Festival and the Fringe Festival All three of these are huge artistic performing arts events that are literally in every single venue scattered throughout the city. Uh, You can have live music, drama, comedy, whatever you're looking for, live performing arts, literally all day and all night for this three-week period in August. And um, not uh, surprisingly, this is not just Edinburgh, but Scotland's biggest visitor time of the year, everyone from all over the world descends upon Scotland uh, during August to take in some of these festival events and, of course, to see other parts of the country.
1: You had some trials and tribulations, I mentioned, getting (laughs) over to Scotland and then some adventures once you got there. Um, One of the reasons that people take escorted tours, buy a package where somebody is traveling with them, is so that if something comes up, along the way there is somebody there's a fixer there's somebody who can stand in line wait on the phone take care of things um, hypothetically so that it doesn't disrupt your vacation quite so much i know a little bit about you about what happened and i know that you were a, a fixer can is there anything that you can share about what happened to you that might help other people when they're traveling
2: well i want to say from the start i'm not beating up united airlines <laughs> but the reality is on August the 7th, in good faith, we got on a plane headed east, and we hoped to arrive in Edinburgh on the morning of August the 8th. We got as far as Chicago, and because of a terrible series of storms up and down the east coast, Chicago's as far as we got. Uh, Our first plane was to have come out of Miami. It was grounded there because of storms. God bless them. They uh, substituted a plane, which then got delayed and grounded because of storms there then they substituted yet a third plane that plane arrived in chicago had a a rough landing and the um the landing gear was damaged and by this point our flight crew was running low on hours of course they'd been waiting a long time like we had and after about a half an hour of poking and prodding on the wheels they determined the fix was not easy and the uh, air crew was going to time out, so our flight was canceled, which is about the worst possible thing that can happen. But um, I was there as an advocate for my 29 folks. So, though, though it was disappointing and inconvenient and a long wait, I was able to use my resources because of my status with United Airlines and my knowledge of the system and the backup that my staff here in Sacramento was offering and the back up the front up I guess I'll say that my the front up up that my Scottish ground crew was offering and cross between all of us working together um we were able to get the group out on the first flight the next morning now almost 200 people were displaced by that canceled flight there weren't that many seats on the next flight but I got 29 of them Mm -hmm. and um that's because we knew how the system worked I knew how the system worked And I also was really, really kind to the only person who was standing in front of me who had the power to help me. And really, really patient and really, really, really appreciative. Um, Got his name, promised to write a letter, which I've already done. And we were on the next flight out uh, the next morning. It was an inconvenience. It was certainly disappointing. It meant that we arrived 30 hours late in Scotland which means we had an itinerary that we just had to abort the first day of and try to catch up with the second day. But at least we got there, and there was over 100 people on that canceled flight that didn't get to go the next day. And I'll suggest that that's because they didn't know how the system worked. They perhaps were not nice to the only person who had the power to help them. Perhaps they bought their ticket through a consolidator. Um, you know, and when I know you've talked about this a lot on the show, when you buy your tickets through someone other than the airline, well, then you're kind of at the back of the pecking order.
1: Yeah, you are. You
2: know, who do you call for help? United says, "Hey, you didn't buy your ticket from us. Go call XYZ." Well, <laughs> is XYZ on the phone at midnight Chicago time? Um, I'm a big advocate of paying the price, and maybe it's a little bit more, but I'm a big advocate of buying your travel product direct from the host, direct from the provider, the direct from the supplier, whatever you want to call them. And then you've at least got that. There's not anybody in the middle when something goes wrong.
1: I pick up one little tidbit from from what you were talking about there. And that is, in these situations, frustration runs high. And in some cases, you feel like that you've been wronged. And so people tend to lash out on the phone, in person, whatever, to the the person who's trying to assist them, and you make a very valid point. No matter how angry you are, no matter where you think the fault lies, in this case, um, United had a mechanical situation that couldn't be fixed promptly. There was no other options, and so this is the way it is. It doesn't really matter whose fault it is. It's the way it is. Uh, But by being kind to the person who might be in a position to help you by swallowing your tongue for a minute and letting that person try to help you. I mean, you may be no better off, but you certainly would be no worse off.
2: Absolutely. I killed them with kindness. And also I want to give a humongous shout out to my group who stuck with me. They let me do my job. They uh, rewarded me liberally with treats. And once we got there, uh, visits to the pub. I mean, the group stuck with me. Everybody was disappointed. Everyone was really, really tired. But everybody knew that I was doing the best I could and that what I was doing was the best.
1: You make a point, too, about the, that the reason, one of the reasons this all happened was because of bad weather on the East Coast. Um, weather is going to become a more prominent feature in travel. These types of situations are going to occur more often. So when you're leaving home, especially when you're by yourself and you don't have a fixer who has a staff to back you up and things like that, then you've got to do your homework and you definitely want to have a plan B. You'd at least want to know if you were a member of Marriott's Bonvoy program and you were flying through Chicago, you might want to know where the Marriott hotels were close to the Chicago airport.
2: Exactly. And I think this also makes a real point, especially people who are are heading out on a cruise vacation, You absolutely are doing yourself a disservice if you don't go a day early. Yes, it's going to cost you a hotel night, but what if, all the what ifs, all the what ifs, what if you get there really, really late? What if a flight is canceled? What if you're a whole day late? You don't want to miss your cruise because of something happening in the unfriendly skies.
0: Here to make you a smarter traveler internationally. Clayton, you know, tourism is, uh, you were telling us about the events that you, you went to and and how, how popular they are. I imagine there was a lot of people. You know, recently we've been hearing a lot about misbehaving tourists. Did you run into any of that?
2: I'm really happy to say that I didn't, Tom. Um, outside of our time in Edinburgh, we were primarily um, in the hinterlands of, um, of Scotland. We spent almost the entire tour in the Highlands, uh, in and around the Isle of Skye, the Orkney Islands, and Inverness. So we were a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, we didn't stop in any parking lots where there was already, you know, 20 tour buses there. In fact, we ourselves were traveling on a minibus, which was a necessity of some of the ferries that we, um, uh, we were taking to and from our destinations. Uh, I'm happy to say that all my folks were model citizens of, of the world and America, and uh, most of the people we came in contact with along the way were were uh, behaving very well. Now, when you got to Edinburgh, a lot of alcohol was flowing. <laughs> and uh, I saw a little more of a few people than I really wanted to see as Scotland was having a heat wave. But uh, uh, But even in Edinburgh, where the crowds were just immense, and I should say my last trip to Edinburgh during this festival was nine years ago, and I thought it was a big festival then. But good Lord, now, I mean, the numbers were doubled or tripled. It was just a sea of people on the Royal Mile. Um, There were lots and lots of people, and they were enjoying a beautiful summer day, and they were drinking liberally, but everybody seemed to be in check and and just having a really, really good time. I felt safe. Um, I felt appreciated by Scottish vendors who just like us, are overworked and understaffed to extreme levels. Uh, Here's a case in point. We stayed in five different hotels. Only one had porters. Now, uh, luggage delivery is is a standard of our service here at Sports Leisure Vacations. We always have people standing by to deliver the bags and pick them up on the morning of departure. But every single hotel had had to do away with that service except one, they just had no staff so guess who was the porter at four different hotels
1: clayton i know one of the destinations that you're looking at for next year is czechoslovakia the czech republic um that's some place that sports leisure vacations has never been i've been to the city of prague a number of years ago what a beautiful place culturally um just i mean absolutely one of europe's great cities Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're – some of the places you're looking at for next year, and why are you looking at those places?
2: Well, as I was talking about with Edinburgh and the enormous crowds that this festival has brought in, so many of the, shall we say, the first-tier destinations – Paris, Rome, things like that – are just inundated with tourists. And not only does that make prices higher and availability less, which makes it hard to acquire the group space that we require, but it really – It really cuts down on the experience. I mean, nobody likes to be in a place that's just wall-to-wall people. So um, I've purposefully looked for some popular destinations in a kind of a different way and some emerging destinations, shall we say, and and Czech Republic is chief among them. Uh, I'll be rolling out a tour at our vacation preview day on October the 7th. To the Czech Republic, it'll be the, not the first time we visited this country, but the first time that this country has been the sole spotlight on, of the tour. Of course, there'll be a few days in Prague, uh, another one of um, Europe's great treasures. But the real focus of this tour is going to be going to the southwest part of the country, which is the wine region. And uh, our experiences are going to focus on culinary, wine, and the beautiful history and geography of that part of the world. So I'm really super psyched about that, and um, I think it'll it'll offer a lot to people, no matter uh, what you're looking for in a European experience. But certainly every night when we sit down to dinner, it's going to be a very, very memorable event.
1: You travel with a lot of people, when you, with a group of folks when you travel. So let me ask you, is there some place that you haven't been yet on
2: the planet that you're really, really, really dying to get to? Egypt. That is my final frontier. I want to see the pyramids and I want to cruise down the Nile River and see Karnak and Luxor all the way to Abu Simbel. I want to see the, the 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 Temple of King Ramses and then I will have completed I will have completed my journey.
1: Okay. All right. So so any sports leisure travelers who happen to be listening to the program, <laughs> if you want to go to Egypt, Clayton is the guy that you should express your interest to because I suspect something is, is bubbling up there. Before we let you go Um, Any last words of wisdom to folks who are heading out out on an international vacation with passports and different countries and all of that kind of jazz?
2: I just think now more than ever, you just have to do your homework. You have to do homework. I think a lot of us have a kind of a romantic, maybe a college-aged notion of backpacking across Europe and having no plans. And that's real romantic, but that's not realistic, especially not for grown-ups. So you just have to have a plan. You have to have resources in America to back you up, and you have to have resources at your destination who are ready to receive you and are ready to help you if things go wrong.
1: Thank you, my friend. That not only takes you across the ocean but gives you some ideas of what you can do when you get there and, again, homework and patience. Give yourself a little extra time everywhere that you go, especially if they don't speak your language. And the F word. Yeah, absolutely. Flexibility, flexibility. Clayton Whitehead, Sports Leisure Vacations. Thank you, sir, for your expertise. Yeah, a lot of expertise uh, from from Clayton. There, um, he is quite the international traveler. Tom, I, I'm 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 more of a domestic and Canadian guy. Mark has pointed out that, uh,
0: and it's an interesting reason why uh, y- you don't like the food. Yeah,
1: I my stomach doesn't <laughs> like. Really exotic, strange. I'm a comfort food guy. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> and, you know, originally. Well, and, w- go ahead. Tell me where's where's Clayton from? Clayton's from uh, Georgia. He's from Georgia.
0: <laughs> but he's so, adapted really well to this international He travel.
1: loves, you know, you, you heard him talking about Egypt there. I mean, it's, it's. there's no doubt he's going. He's got a whole plan. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's taken a group to Australia on an extended Australia itinerary. Uh, next spring, that's already sold out, so people must enjoy traveling with him. He had a few trials and tribulations on that trip, but, which drove him half crazy. But as he mentioned, boy, there's nothing more important than when you're traveling with people. And a lot of the folks who have traveled with our company have traveled with us for a long time. And so they have an expectation that things will go well. But they, I think they also know not to jump ship. And that really matters when you're out there and things are not going right. Then, uh, you, if people back off and give you a little room, a lot of times you can fix things. If you know, if they, if they give you the give you the slack, so that's really that's that's an important part of the equation. Any time, not only do you need somebody who can help, but you need people who are willing to be helped. Mm-hmm. And as Clayton said early in the interview about being at uni, you know the United counter, you know you got to – No matter how what you feel about the airline at that moment in time, you got to shut up and let the person help you. Oh man, you could you can write your letter of complaint later, but you know don't turn on the only person who can help you. That's a really critical thing to remember when when you're traveling, because sometimes it's hard to find someone to help you, and when you do, there you go. All right, we just got a couple minutes here. I want to talk about this uh, concept that uh, our buddy Chris Elliott uh, brought along. Chris has been a big part of the program today. Thank you, buddy. Um, he has pointed out in a Travelers United article. That American, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, America paid a $4 million tarmac delay fine, but not a penny of that goes to the travelers. In fact, if they behave themselves, they only have to pay half of it, and none of it goes to the travelers. And he posed an interesting idea, which is when these airlines do these things that cause people to be incredibly inconvenienced and sit in a plane or a tarmac forever and and, and break the rules – why doesn't some of that money go to the people who are involved?
0: Are there no uh, compensation at all to uh, do, do to the to the passengers in these situations to begin with?
1: Well, it's it's up to the airlines <laughs> to some extent. I mean, obviously, if if you don't fly, they're going to have to give you back your your airfare, and I'm sure it gets right. very complicated. But I think the that's airlines, a great suggestion. Well, and the airlines offered, for example, Clayton was talking about um, his overnight delay in Chicago because of. A combination of weather and mechanical, and the airline offered the people $400 a person in credit. And they turned that down because they lost about $800 in value on their tour, and they felt like they should get more. So they're in there fighting for a little more. Good for them. I I wish them luck. But anyway, it's it's an interesting concept that maybe we might give some of the money that we find the airlines to the people who were impacted by the lousy service or conditions. I, I just thought I would put in my two cents worth for that. All right. We're at the end of the line here uh, for the first Saturday edition of the Travel Guys. Thank you for the pleasure of your time. If you chose to join us today, I hope we'll see you back next Saturday at 1130. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching.
0: And remember, folks, uh, TravelGuysRadio.com. You can find podcasts, previous shows, and and more. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Saturday at our new time at 11 a.m. for the next edition of the Travel Guys. Stay well, my friends.